Well, hello once again, everybody, and welcome to Syracuse Basketball Postgame, presented by Krause Health, the official healthcare partner for Syracuse Athletics. Syracuse coming off one of its worst losses in recent memory, its worst loss in ACC play, and uh, a loss that you kind of have to wonder where Syracuse goes from here and really shows the measuring stick that is still pretty long for Syracuse when it's comparing itself to some of the top teams in the ACC. Final score from Chapel Hill today, North Carolina 103, Syracuse 67, as noted, the worst loss in ACC history for the Orange since they entered the league about a decade ago, a previous loss to Virginia in 2019. Before that, it's also the first time Syracuse has lost by 30 or more points since a loss to St. John's in 2016 by a final of 93-60. to 60. We're going to hear from our Syracuse Sports Insiders coming up here and plenty to come, but I want to bring in Mike Waters first from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and Mike, one of our uh, texters, I think, said it best here. Uh, at least Mike was able to take Donna to Tota on a tour of all his old haunts down there at North Carolina. That was probably the highlight of the trip. <laughs> For them, right? Sorry you went all the way to Chapel Hill to see this one, Mike, but as we saw, just Carolina bigger, stronger, faster, certainly more experienced, and Syracuse just could not measure up today. Yeah, right. You know, North Carolina just kind of came out playing hard. They were focused. They they went inside. They pounded the ball in against Syracuse. Uh, they, they The defense, you know, we've been talking about how you know, Carolina's been playing better defense this year. You know, they're holding like three straight opponents under 60. Uh, you came out, we got to see that firsthand today. Their defensive effort was really strong. So, like, in all these, like, toughness areas of the game, North Carolina was better right from the jump. And I think it rocked Syracuse back on its heels. And they just found it almost impossible to respond. They didn't respond well to that. They, you know, sometimes a team will come out and you'll get punched in the mouth you got to stabilize yourself, get a timeout or whatever, and start, you know, chipping away and getting back in. That was never going to happen today. Um, it was, you know, it was bad from the start and never really got better for Syracuse. It's interesting, Mike, because they're going to play North Carolina again exactly a month from today at February 13th at the JMA Wireless Dome, and you kind of wonder how much better Syracuse will be in a circumstance to make that game competitive. Carolina Look, they're on the verge. I know it's two months away here, but in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, they're close to being a number one seed. They're a top 10 team in the country. What really strikes me is not just the talent, but the experience on this team. Four grads, a senior, you know, they get all their key guys back. We saw uh, Baycott today who had 17 and 11, or I think I have my numbers wrong there, but he only played 17 minutes, Mike. Let me pull it up here. Now you're right, and 17 minutes. He had 16 points, 11 rebounds. 16 and 11 in 17 minutes, which just shows you the force that he is there, right? So, boy, Syracuse has a lot of work to do if they're going to make that game at the Dome a month from now competitive. Uh, yeah, I guess you could pick from a lot here, Mike, but what was it about Carolina? I mean, points in the paint was there. Syracuse has struggled to shoot the three against good teams. That was ever-present again today. But, I mean, if you had to whittle it down to something, what's the, the, the big disadvantage Syracuse was at just basketball-wise in this game? I thought, you know, we've talked about a lot this season about Syracuse's half-court offense. It, it's not great. You know, they have some problem areas there where they're not especially efficient half-court. You're, you know, both your starting guards struggle to shoot the ball. They want to drive, you know, against North Carolina. They know that, you know, so, you know, the, the offense, the half-court offense 
was just locked up. North Carolina came out, and their defensive pressure was tremendous. They locked Syracuse up, and they reduced Syracuse to just a one-on-one individuals trying to score. There was no ball movement. The ball movement stopped. I think that was partly because of the way North Carolina was playing defense. Um, you end up not getting good shots. You know, a lot of times, you know, the, on those drives, all of a sudden when you get into the paint and there's either an Armando Baycott, a Jalen Withers, a Jalen Washington, all these bigs are waiting for you. It's not necessarily able to like finish, uh, you know, like JJ Starling and Judah Mintz, you know, I've been able to do against other teams. It's, this is a North Carolina team that's good, but playing great right now. I don't want to, they're a good team. I don't know how, if they're great yet, but they're very good, but they're playing great right now. And Syracuse just picked the wrong day uh, to go up against these guys. And I, I tell you what, I will give Carolina a lot of credit for this. They just played an emotional game against an arch rival on the road earlier this week at, on Wednesday. They went to North Carolina State. And, you know, you, you, you know very well, all, all fans know well, like that game after that arch rival game where you've been pumped up and you got that win, that's a hard game to get up for. For sure. Man, yeah. North Carolina, they were ready today. They were ready and focused. And to do that just like two or three days after playing North Carolina State in Raleigh, that tells you a lot about this North Carolina team, and especially their, their you mentioned it, their age and maturity. You know, this is a team that, you know, a younger team might have some ups and downs. This North Carolina team's, they were able to keep that effort level high and kept it up from Wednesday night. And they know where they're going and what they're doing, and that comes from experience, Mike. It comes from having a great guard, one of the best uh, in, in the league, certainly. And you, then you look at Syracuse. Like, Judah Mintz had 21 points today, but I don't think you could say he had a good game. The offense was disorganized. There were times Judah's taken on, like, three defenders, and I get that comes out of desperation and you're trying to do something. But mm-hmm. that lack of a half-court offense showed itself. That lack of a consistent three-point shooting showed itself in this one. Justin Taylor didn't score. Chris Bell hit a couple. You know, Quadir hit a couple. But, you know, Syracuse 4 of 19 overall in this matchup uh, from three-point range. So, Mike, what were some of the things, if any, sometimes when you lose like this, there's not much to say, but was there anything that uh, Coach Autry or the player said that, that jumped out to you? The one thing a lot of them said, and I know this is probably hard for fans right now, don't let one game determine the season. Don't let one game define the season. This was bad. And there's some stuff you're going to have to learn from this, but they can't wallow in the misery. You know, and and the thing is, is like the players and coaches, they can do something about this. You know, fans, you know, and media, we can't, right? So I think that's sometimes why – Fans get more emotional, hysterical sometimes, and why media can be more critical than you'll sometimes hear coaches and players get because they have to be analytical about this. They have to kind of they have to be more reasonable about this. But 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 they can because they're going to have practice tomorrow, and they're going to practice again on Monday. So they're like, listen, this is a game, and this is bad, and we're going to learn from it. We're going to have to watch the film, and that's not going to be fun. You know, they they are going to watch the film and and. and so you have to figure out how, how to not let this kind of game happen again. And this team's been good about that. You know, when they, when they lost out in Hawaii a couple, you know, yeah, you lost to Tennessee and you lost the next day to Gonzaga, but then, you know, they didn't let it become worse than that. They came back from Hawaii, played one of their best efforts of the year against LSU, when it would be easy to still be thinking about those two bad games in Hawaii. 
You know, when you had another bad loss to Virginia, they bounced back. Uh, so now the next challenge is going to be, you know, can you flush this one in a sense? But also you got to learn from this. And eventually, uh, you know, they really need to figure out a way to like tighten up the gap in these games and not let these Virginias, Tennessees, North Carolinas get out of hand. Yeah, you you want to you want to like fight your way into a close game against these teams, you know. And, and we'll see what they what can they do. But I think it's a very very important game now on Tuesday at Pitt. I mean, not necessarily that you have to win because it's tough to win on the road, but I think it's going to be a very important game in seeing how this team responds. Yeah. And Winner showing yourself on the road is, is yes. big, Mike, which they've done a couple times this year, to be fair. The bounce back, they've got a win in hand over Pitt. And the way that Jeff Capel was talking after that game, he's not going to let them forget how they played at Syracuse. So it's a challenge to step up right away and go against the team. You brought up how North Carolina was motivated today, bouncing back from an emotional rivalry game. Pitt just got its butt handed to it by Duke. So they're, they're going to be a little salty, and that's always a tough place to play as we know, and, and a point you made about the film, Mike, I'll just say this quickly. Sometimes it's better to like burn the film and forget about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case here. I think you sit down and you rub salt in the wound and you let it kind of seep in a little bit more. Cause I think that's the best way you learn from something like this. So uh, yeah, two days of practice and Syracuse back at it against Pittsburgh on Tuesday, Mike, I noted a couple of things there historically for Syracuse. And I kind of wanted to get your perspective on that. That DePaul game in 2006, this is the worst loss since that 39-point loss, this being a 36-point loss. It's mm-hmm. the worst loss in ACC history, topping that Virginia loss from 2019. St. John's, 2016, a 30-point loss. So when a loss like this comes along and really stands out, how do you kind of compare this one to some of the other ones you've seen? Um you know, it doesn't feel the same as that loss to Virginia in 2019. Uh, that Syracuse team was an NCAA tournament team. You know, they I think they went into the tournament that year as an eighth seed. That was a decent team that had a really bad day and a really bad matchup against Virginia. This is a bad matchup. Um, this felt a little bit like that DePaul game where I didn't love the response. I didn't love the way, you know, there were times today when – someone would throw a ball away and look at the bench and look at the coaches and like, what, what are you trying to say there? Like it wasn't your fault. Whose fault was it? Let's not, you know, don't worry about that. You know, it's time to get back on the, I didn't love a couple, you know, especially there was one time in the first half where nobody got back. It was a fast break. It was a turnover. North Carolina had a fast break and doesn't the kid miss the layup and if right. the yeah. hustle back, you might have had a shot of getting the ball back, but you didn't. And North Carolina was there to pick it up and put it in. Uh, so, you know, they got to they got to get better from that. And, th- and that felt a little bit like that, the Paul game. But that the Paul game, too, that was a team that had a few guys that were out with injuries. But we'll remind people that was a, uh, you know, the other thing, too, about that the Paul game that was different from this one is that wasn't a good DePaul team. No. That was just an okay DePaul team. That wasn't right. a top 10 nationally ranked North Carolina team at the Dean Dome. I mean, that's that was DePaul at the Allstate Arena, half full, you know. <laughs> you know, this is this is in a way I can almost see getting beat by Carolina, 
bad than I could that DePaul game. You can justify it more. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. You, you see how it was going to happen. I didn't like the way it played out, though. And then and after that DePaul game, they went on that historic Big East tournament run. And it was yes. later in the year. There's still two months to go in the season. And there was here, a and they player do have time on that to team that's now on this year's coaching staff. That's right. Jerry yeah. McNamara was a senior. And so he can talk to some of these guys with firsthand experience about what it's like to get your butt handed to you, to be embarrassed, and then deal with it. That's a great point. That's a great point. Mike, great stuff. Always uh, good for you, I know, to go back to the old stomping grounds and, and back at uh, the alma mater there at North Carolina. It looks like a, a pretty impressive team on the rise. Like you said, maybe not a great team yet, but a very good team, and but playing as, as well as you can at this point. And uh, Syracuse will see him again about a month from now. But uh, we appreciate what you and Donna DeTota are doing down there. We'll be reading all about it. And uh, thanks for coming on uh, the podcast as always, my friend. Brent, it's always fun talking to you after games. Maybe not so much today. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, hey, you know what? You move on. There's like, what, 15 more games to go? We'll see how they do at Pitt. That's right. Thank you, Mike. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mike Waters, the man, the myth, the legend. I know he enjoys getting to go back to his alma mater down there at Chapel Hill. Yeah, I'm sure by now Don has seen all the old haunts. She probably rolls her eyes at uh, Mike telling glory stories of his days as a Tar Heel. A couple of points I wanted to go off of there, and then we'll get to our Syracuse Sports Insiders and what you guys had to say about this one momentarily here. So when this team loses, man, does it lose. And there is a clear, distinct pattern here. Look, before the season, we pointed this out. This is a tough schedule for Syracuse, especially for a young team. The elders on this team are Naheem McLeod, who's not even available, and of course is a transfer, and Benny Williams. North Carolina's got grads, experience, seniors, talent, top to bottom, you name it. But it doesn't change the fact, just shows you the gap that is there between Syracuse and the teams they're trying to compete with and get back to and frankly have to win more games against if you're going to be consistently in the NCAA tournament conversation, right? Got to get the quad one wins. So let, let's just go through this quickly. These are Syracuse's five losses this year. Tennessee, which they lost by 17 points. Gonzaga, which they lost by 19 points. Virginia, they lost by 22 points. Duke, which they lost by 20. And now North Carolina, which today they lost by 36 points, one of the worst losses in recent memory for Syracuse basketball, and as noted, the worst loss at ACC play. So there are certain teams that Syracuse can punch in the nose, can be competitive against, can beat in ACC play, which we've seen already. Boston College, Pittsburgh, those type of teams. Clearly, there is a major gap between Syracuse and the top teams in the league, which I don't think anybody's stunned by, right? In the later years of the Bayheim era, now the first of the Autry era, this is going to take a while. It's going to be a process, but I think what people want to see is at least a competitive game. Mike brought it up, not getting back on defense, looking over at the bench. I brought this up on the last postgame show, and it bears repeating. This is an immature basketball team, and... I, I got to look at Judah Mintz a little bit today. Judah, in the last game, sitting in the locker room afterwards, talking about how he's got to be a leader for this team, no matter what he's going through personally, right? Missing time in that last game, and look, whatever he went through, he went through. I'm not saying this, you know, reflects on this, but what if you're, if you're going to play and you're going to be out there, he's just got to play smarter, right? Ducking your head, taking the ball in the paint, and I understand that 
you know, he could get to the free throw line, but when it's not working, it's not working. There is one possession in particular happened in the second half. I tweeted about it during the game. I was texting some of our insiders about it too. You cannot take on three North Carolina defenders, particularly, I mean, look, Baycott's one thing, but Ingram was great today. He's huge in the paint. Washington, like, you cannot challenge these guys. Judah Mintz is not at that point where he can do that. Can he get to the rim? Yes. Can he score? Are there elements of his game that I like? Yes. But you've got to be smart when you're playing a team like Carolina. Syracuse wasted a lot of possessions just by that. Look, I don't think it would have made a difference in terms of being competitive. Maybe it would have made the score a little look a little better, but Syracuse missed a lot of bunnies in this too, right? So that really stood out to me, and there is just this gap between Syracuse and a lot of good teams on their schedule, right? So that's one point. Second thing is, I don't really know how this team is going to cure its three-point problem, right? Occasionally, like a Judah Mintz will hit a couple of threes, or J.J. Starley will hit a couple of threes, but guys... This is just a team that is going to struggle to shoot three points consistently, and we've kind of brought it up in prior post-game shows about when you play really good teams, you got to shoot the three. You can get away with it against certain teams, but you cannot get away with it if you're going to hope to score and compete against some of the better teams on your schedule. To see Justin Taylor in the box score with a zero, a donut, 0 for 3, shooting overall, he only attempted one three-pointer in this game, right? Chris Bell today, he led Syracuse in scoring with 20 points against BC and 13 points in this one, three to three from three-point range, but you need more. J.J. Starling is not a three-point shooter by nature, but that's an element of his game that has to improve. Kyle Cuff comes in, does not score. Like, Benny Williams is, is another one I should mention, Okay. People are saying the mix, should he be playing more over Justin Taylor? I've called for the starting lineup to be shaken up a little bit. But you have Benny Williams go in 0 for 5, 0 for 3 from three-point range. He's just not getting the loft on a shot and getting it over the rim there. There are no answers on this team when it comes to a consistent game-in, game-out three-point shooter. And look, that inevitably leads to people saying, look at Joe Girard and what he's doing at Clemson. And, you know, you can what if it all day. You got to look on this roster. And are there answers to that problem? And the answer is no. They don't have it. Justin Taylor is free to prove me wrong. But I think they kind of counted on Justin Taylor being what jo- you know, not to the level and numbers that Joe Girard had in recent years. Because let's remember, Justin Taylor is still a young player. But essentially, this team's Justin Taylor. He's our three-point shooter. Chris Bell, again, counts as that. But... You know, Bell can only do so much, and today is a perfect example of that. Three of three from three-point range, that's great, but you need more from a guy like that. Maybe they need to set more screens for him, run the offense through him more in terms of getting him open. His catch-and-shoot ability is getting better, but this is going to rear its ugly head, particularly against better teams in the league. Pittsburgh coming up on Tuesday, as we noted. Syracuse had a terrific second half against that team at the dome. They're down 38-30 at halftime. They outscore them. I think it was 51-35 in the second half. They win that game at the dome and Quadier Copeland huge day, 22 points. Benny Williams huge day, 15 points in that one. Neither Quadier or Benny played well today. I don't you can't say anybody played well today in a game like this, right? So, and the turnovers were back. For Syracuse, that was an issue in this game. Quadir, I think, didn't even have a turnover last game. 
you know, Carolina's top 10 team defensive efficiency in the country and, and certainly is better players and they're more aggressive defensively. So this is just a large slice of humble pie for Syracuse. But as I said to Mike, the key thing is, okay, what do you learn from this? This is film you need to watch. You don't burn this film. You don't flush. You don't move on. Sometimes you're just like, I don't want to hear anything about that game again. I don't think it's the case in this particular game. I think you got to let it set in. You got to pour some salt on the wound and say, okay, maybe we can't beat North Carolina, but that's the worst loss in ACC history. What can we do a month from now that at the very least, if you're going to lose to Carolina, you make them walk away from that game saying, that's not the team that we saw a month ago at the Dean Dome, a place, by the way, Syracuse has yet to win a basketball game. Oh, for the Dean Dome since the transition to the ACC. What do you see we hear from some Syracuse sports insiders? Here's how you become one, by the way. You can see it on your screen if you're watching on YouTube. Just text the word orange to 315-847-3895, and what that does is it connects you directly to me. You text me, I text you, we send you opinions, breaking news, all sorts of things that you get first, and in some cases you get exclusively from me. I got a great text from one of our insiders who was just thanking me, saying, I love how you just kind of condense it down. You tell me what I need to know. It's convenient. We're all busy these days, but to get these texts and to just know what's going on and to get it right on my phone, he loved it. Appreciate that feedback. Appreciate all the feedback we're getting from our insiders. And certainly the, the flow of text was coming in during the game. That's another great benefit of being a Syracuse sports insider. We're going back and forth during games and kind of working through it together. So let's see what you guys had to say about this one. Scotty K did some great research saying Syracuse is being outscored by 15 points per game, out-rebounded by nine rebounds per game, and shooting in the 20s percentage-wise from three-point range. That's over a stretch of six games. Now, that is the five losses in Oregon, who they beat and is kind of hovering around a quad one win at this point. So Scott's point is against the better teams on the schedule. This is what they've done so far. And he notes it's a major concern that this team is going to be taken seriously beyond being a quote, good, mediocre team. Thank you, Scott, for doing that research. So I don't have to. Michael S. says they may as well have called this venue BehindTheWoodshed.com because that's where Syracuse got taken today. Kevin S. says not sure what can be said about today's performance other than disappointing. I really believe they were improving enough to be competitive. Christine gets right to the point and says best team we've played onward. Few more from our Syracuse Sports Insiders. Paulie G says, Can Fran Brown help SU basketball with recruiting? Just kidding. Sort of. One of our newest Syracuse Sports Insiders. Hello to Lacey, who says, Cuse looks so disconnected today. I feel like the team I've been watching the past couple of weeks had potential to at least hang with North Carolina. And that's the challenge for the next game, Lacey. You play North Carolina a month from today. Have you made steps to be better, to make that competitive? You have the home crowd on your side that time around. How much progress does Syracuse make a month from now? I mean, there's nowhere to go from up from the worst loss in ACC history, so if you want to look at it that way. Robbie W. says, I thought the game started at 1 o'clock. I just tuned in, and it appears that Syracuse thought the same thing. Paul L., a complete schooling by North Carolina in that first half. Same problems all season by Syracuse against the quad one teams. Can't make threes. Give up too many offensive boards early. No interior game at this point. And see, that's it. You can't have those patterns, right? Not every team you're going to play that's a good team or a team above you is on North Carolina's level. 
but the pattern holds against better teams. So the question is at this point, is it are you you are what you are and you're going to have to exploit your strengths and hide your weaknesses or can some of those things improve? I mean, the three-point shooting can get better in the sense that Justin Taylor's just got to do it. Benny Williams has to hit a couple of those. J.J. Starling's got to improve in that department. Then all of a sudden, at least you have somewhat of a balance, right? Because teams know that Chris Bell's the guy, and you're just going to see more and more defensive attention come his way. You don't have to respect Quadir Copeland open from three-point range at this point. He's getting better there. He hit one against uh, uh, hit one against North Carolina, pardon me, today. Hit one in some recent games, but he's not a threat from three-point range. You got to find it, right? If you have Taylor and Bell hitting, now at the very least, there's a balance there. You've got to respect things defensively. You can spread open the shooters a little bit more, but Taylor is just in a major, major offensive slump right now and has to come off the bench. He's not a starter. He he look, I he can rebound. I know that Autry likes his defense at times. He plays hard, but he's he's not a starter on this team. He's a bench player at this point. Maybe he can earn his way into being a starter, and the way he's going to do that is he has to do what he's out there primarily to do, and that's shoot the ball. Uh, Matt D says, everything is clogged up. Judah, J.J., and Copeland are all solid individually, but they cannot mesh unless the defense is getting stops and they can get out in transition consistently. From Mike W. says, he's tired of the following. Benny's no arc jump shot. Judah's off-balance shots. And Red's offense, which is exactly the same one-on-one based motion, that Bayheim ran. A couple more from you guys. Uh, Gabe W. says, The schedule has been rather cruel. All of Syracuse's losses have been on the road against top 25 teams. Next week is Beat Pit Week. I need Buffalo to win on Monday and Syracuse to win on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, the Buffalo Bills-Pittsburgh Steelers playoff game got moved to Monday with the major winter storm that's going to be hitting Orchard Park on Sunday. So back-to-back days where a lot of uh, the fan base crosses over, a lot of Bills fans out there that also root for Syracuse will be rooting to beat Pitt two days in a row. And we'll end on this. Let's end on a positive note, right? Positive tweet, if you will. Ed in North Syracuse says, Brent, I can say this. Ouch, but I'm still behind my team. There are flashes of what things can be, just not enough of them right now to compete against a really good team like North Carolina. Great stuff from our Syracuse Sports Insiders uh, right there, but a bunch we did not get to because you guys just bring it game in and game out. I had to kind of pick from the best of the best there, but a lot of great texts from you guys. Become an insider today by texting the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. By the way, you could try it free for two weeks, and just after that, it's $3.99 a month. Exclusive access to me, direct access to me, Breaking news, if I have breaking news, you get it first as an insider. You get my opinions and insight and analysis. Great questions come in and people are just texting me questions like somebody asked me a question today about how many other schools have won a national championship in football, men's basketball, lacrosse, and soccer, right? Mike Waters is more of the research guy. I would send him those type of questions, but that's what I'm here for, you know? If I can't find the answer for you, I will get you to somebody who has the answer for it. And it's just evolving as we go, guys. 2024 is a year we're going to try stuff and do different things, but we're off to a great start, and we would love for you to join the community. We're at the point now where we've got a, a good, solid base of texters, and what you guys could do is tell your friends. 
Tell your family, tell the SU fan in your life how cool it is to be an insider. Let them in on the club, right? I, I mentioned our friend Lacey, one of our new insiders. It was her boyfriend that's like, come on, you got to join this text club. You're, you're just so fired up during these games and you're watching the podcast. Become a part of the club. So we need more of Lacey's boyfriends out there. Word of mouth, spread the word. Become a Syracuse Sports Insider today. We would really appreciate it, guys. And you could you could try it free for two weeks. That's the beauty of it, right? All right, so some closing thoughts here. How do you flush a bad loss like this? Pittsburgh is a team you beat, you have confidence in, but I mentioned it to Mike a little earlier. The way Jeff Capel talked about how Pittsburgh just did not show up at the Dome in the second half, and he kept coming back to something. He was challenging his team's toughness. He was challenging his team's grit, not playing to the ACC standard that you'd need to. He is going to fully remind them of that, and they're not in a good mood coming off a 20-point loss to Duke themselves, right? The big thing for Syracuse in that first pit game, we mentioned it, they were down at halftime and then just roared out in the second half. But you had Quadier Copeland with 22 points. Benny Williams had a big day with 15 points. Malik Brown had a great game against Pitt. We haven't even talked about Malik Brown a lot today. He just had a huge challenge. Baycott, Ingram, Washington. He, he was doing his best trying to get to the boards. Just uh, We'll uh, pull up his numbers while we're yapping about it here. Six points, eight rebounds. Look, that's, there was a lot of Malik's shoulders today. With those three guys. Frankly, I don't think Naheem McLeod would have made a difference had he played in this game. Moni or Hema only played three minutes. Uh, just kind of looking at it. Some other things maybe we didn't mention. <coughs> Excuse me. Peter Carey played a few minutes, but just you can't put those guys in against these North Carolina guys. You're kind of darned if you do, darned if you don't. But I don't think it's a case of, well, if, you know, sometimes people get desperate. Like, put this guy in. It's not really going to make a difference. I don't think Naheem McLeod would have made a difference, frankly, in this game. I think he would have got pushed around and, and would have struggled because that's been the track record so far. And now that we know he's hurt, certainly that offers an explanation to why he struggled against some of the big men that he saw, a couple of seven-footers included uh, so far in ACC play in this one. So after Pittsburgh, see, Syracuse is going into this tough stretch here and a tough stretch we knew about, right? So Pitt will be... The third of four games for Syracuse was on the road. Tough place to play. Pitt right now is one and four in league play. They're 10 and six overall, but any given night in this league, and there's added motivation for Pitt in this one. And they know they can play well against Syracuse, at least in one half. Second half of that game, they were trash. First half, they knew they could get to Syracuse, right? After that, you've got Miami at the Dome, Next Saturday, Miami right now is two and two. They're eleven and four in ACC play. Not an easy game. Florida State Tuesday the twenty third. So what you've got after the pit game is a stretch of three in a row at the dome. Miami, Florida State on the twenty third. NC State, good team, on Saturday January twenty seventh. Right, NC State second place team in the league coming off that loss to North Carolina before and one at this point, they're 12 and four overall. That is a good team. So hottest fire makes the strongest steel and Syracuse is in a stretch where look, nothing's ever a let up in ACC play, but once in a while you kind of get that dog team that comes along and offers the opportunity. 
to just kind of, it's you know, we call them get right games. There's not a get right game in the near future for this team at all. Even after NC State, you'd be like, oh, good, Boston College. Well, we know Boston College is better this year. Syracuse did beat Boston College, but we know they're a better team. Then to follow, and I'm really getting ahead of myself here, but Wake Forest. Wake Forest is a good team. They're one of the top three teams in the league right now. Currently three and one in the league, 11 and four overall. Louisville, okay, Louisville's still pretty bad. They're six and 10. They're the only team in the ACC with a losing record. They're still pretty bad. I know Louisville just picked up a win the other night, but you don't have what would qualify as a get right game until February 7th. So. Giddy up, kids. It's going to be a tough stretch for Syracuse, but you got three in a row at home in that stretch. So it all balances out in a way. Uh, what do you say we uh, wrap it up there for this edition of Syracuse Basketball Post Game presented by Krause Health, the exclusive healthcare provider for SU Athletics? Appreciate all of our great feedback from our Syracuse Sports Insiders. Appreciate you guys watching on YouTube, on Facebook, and on X. That's when we do it live. But you can always catch the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to Syracuse Sports on Spotify, Syracuse Orange Sports on Syracuse.com, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get the podcast version of the post-game show and the Syracuse Sports podcast so you can listen on demand when you want. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. Go Bills. We'll talk to you again next time. You're on Syracuse Sports and Syracuse Basketball Postgame.